BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Casey Johnson recently lended more credibility that the Bulls are trying to trade into the top three. We're going to talk about what that realistically could look like, if it's likely to happen, all that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. If you want to follow me, you can do so right off the top at CEO Hayes, that's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform that we're on. But let's go ahead and get to it, get into it. So Casey Johnson's recent comments on uh, the Bulls Talk podcast has led a little bit more credibility to the fact that the Bulls are trying to trade into the top three of this draft. Now, Casey Johnson said this, such meetings are certainly part of the due diligence process. They can provide organizational intel for either the draft or perhaps a trade or free agency decision down the road. But it's at least intriguing that so many projected lottery picks, and in the case of Alabama Ford Miller, an extremely high lottery pick, represented the Bulls' focus. So, over the last week, basically almost more than that, since the Bulls did not were not able to hold on to their own pick, there have been rumors about the Bulls possibly trading into the top three. With Portland being the one that's clearly shopping that pick, I don't, I haven't really heard anything substantial about Charlotte trading their pick, but. The unique opportunity to trade into the top three that Portland has where they're trying to compete right now and build a team around Dame Lillard. Of course, you're going to hear a lot of teams' names rumored in that potential search for the number three overall pick, right? And so while I have had my doubts, and I will say this here before we get too far into this, I still have my doubts on the, the, how credible it is that or how realistic because Casey Johnson is absolutely credible I do believe that there is some intriguing talks going on um so it's not that he's not credible but how realistic is it that the Bulls are going to trade into the top three right and for that you really have to look at the motivations of both teams right you have the Portland Trailblazers that have Dame Lillard that want to try to contend they rumored uh would want a a a three and D a two-way wing in any type of moves for um, the number three overall pick. And the Bulls, 
Do they have that, right? They have some players that can combine to give them that, but just realistically, outside of me being a Bulls fan and would absolutely love the Chicago Bulls to be able to trade into the top three, we have to talk about realistically what they have to offer. Now, clearly, top three, either Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, right? That's what you're looking at. It's either one of those two players. The Charlotte Hornets, because they pick at number two, they really hold the destiny of who's going to be there available at number three, right? So we cannot say for sure in any realistic stand, uh, uh, mindset that we know for sure Scoot Henderson is going to be there at number three for the Chicago Bulls, and that seems to be the player that most Bulls fans would like to see the team go after. And so with Scoot Henderson really being that that one that a lot of Bulls fans, and don't get me wrong, Scoot is an amazing talent, right? And if the Bulls were able to get Scoot Henderson, I do think that that it is something that could reset your franchise, but then you have to ask yourself, is it worth the risk also if Brandon Miller's there at number three? And Brandon Miller, let me be clear, shaping up to be, he he's going to be a hell of a pro, a hell of a scorer at the next level, so I do not want at all to act like Brandon Miller isn't a hell of a prospect, right? But is it worth what the Bulls would then have to give up for that number three pick? And so let's talk about the assets that the Bulls have. Realistically, if they are going to try to trade for the number three pick, these are kind of the assets that I have that are the most realistic to go out in that trade. Not saying all of them are going to go out, but I'm saying a combination of some of these assets. So clearly you have Zach Levine. And Zach Levine could be included in this deal. But again, you have to look at Portland and saying they already tried the two guard heavy lineup of, of just two scores at that guard position. But again, Zach Levine could offer that to the Portland Trailblazers, especially since he has long left on his contract that gives them that amount of time to try to build around Dame and Zach. But, yeah, how realistic is that, right? Especially considering the size of Dame Lillard's contract. The fact that in the last year of his deal, I think he'd be making like $63 million. And so you'd be attaching heavy money to just the guard positions. But Zach Levine, young, uh, a player that is versatile offensively, and you could then focus on just defensive players to go out and surround Dame and Zach with. You have DeMar DeRozan, a, a veteran, 34 years old, one year left, left on his deal, um, a, a consummate pro, somebody who comes in and you know exactly what they're going to be able to do on the court night in and night out. You, you pair him with a dominant scorer in Dame Lillard, and it looks a little bit better, right? You got to trust that Chauncey Billis can come up with an offense that is going to just maximize those two players. Alex Caruso. Already know, Alex Caruso, one of the best defensive players on the team, a, a, a player that init- that comes in and immediately changes your culture defensively just by the nature of what he's doing. Patrick Williams, that young, potential wing, 3 and D, when you look at the way his three-point shot came along, the defense that he's been able to play kind of up and down, definitely could be an attractive port, uh, partner as well for the Portland Trailblazers. And then Kobe White. Now, it's a little bit more difficult with Kobe White because it'd have to be a signing trade in a case like that. And then keep in mind as well, if I do not think you can sign and trade a player during the NBA draft, I think that I don't think that you can do that. I think you have to wait to actually free agency opens. So because of that, if the Bulls are trying to get this deal done on trade day, that kind of eliminates Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic in that deal. But if I'm wrong on that rule, then Kobe, Vooch, they're both also assets potentially in those deals. And then first round picks. The Bulls can't trade their pick in 2024. They can't trade their pick in 2026. And then I think because of the protections on the pick that we owe to the Spurs in 2025, that pushes on to 2026, so we can't trade our 2027 pick either. The next first-round pick that the Chicago Bulls can offer in a trade with the Portland Trailblazers, I believe, is the 2028 first-round pick. So you have to ask yourself, is any combination of those assets, right, is it enough to to get the number three overall pick? 
I have my doubts. But that is basically what the Bulls are working with in a case like that. And so because if the Bulls are able to land a Scoot Henderson in a case like that, if they're able to land, I don't think Brandon Miller may send them on a full reset, but Brandon Miller's, Miller's kind of a player you add into what you have going on. But again, if you have to include Zach in that deal, then you're kind of doing that anyway. But you, you, so those are that's what the Bulls are working with in a trade, in, in, in a potential deal like this. And so the way that I'm looking at it is if, the, if any combination of that is enough, if it is enough, if you're calling Portland and you, and you give them a combination of those assets and the Portland Trailblazers, and maybe you could throw Dalen Terry in there as well, but again, the whole point of this trade is that the Portland Trailblazers would not be looking um, to, to go too young, right? They don't want, Damon said, I don't want no more teenagers on this team, right? That are still trying to figure it out. So that would then potentially, you know, all right, you're, you're sending out some of the, most of those assets, older players, you're still at that point, you're either keeping Kobe White or sending them, but you still maybe at that point you do re-sign Io DeSumo if, if it's Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson that you end up drafting. Uh, but you have a young team then at that point for the Chicago Bulls, and then that also increases the value of your 2024 first over first round pick as well where the bulls could get another top five pick they can have top five picks in subsequent years if not even higher than that so is that enough right that's the biggest question and that's where my doubt of this comes in at is because i still just don't see arturis karnastova going on a full rebuild now one could say that if you if you can get that deal done with a demar caruso patrick williams package and then that first, that 2028 first, all right. Then you're you're having Zach. You're adding Brandon Miller to either Zach Levine or um. I'm sorry. You either you're adding either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller to Zach Levine at that point in time. And you know you're still you're still taking a step back. You probably re-sign Vooch in that case. Uh, they're probably going to try to re-sign Vooch anyway, and still try to stay competitive. But like I said, you're still probably going to be again another team that maybe at that point is a plan, maybe outside that plan. You get another lottery pick the following year. And so while I've been very adamant, and I and I'm let me say 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 this to make sure that anyone who's hoping, I still am extremely doubtful that the Chicago Bulls go full rebuild. But that would be a complete reset. So the question that you have to ask then at that point is why would the Bulls be resetting? Why reset now if that's what the Bulls decide to do for a team that has been hesitant to reset, a team that, you know, has been hesitant to say rebuild. Carter Silver flat out said, we're not considering a full rebuild here. So why reset now? And the, and the thing is, is that you're in a unique position where, where a team that has the top three pick wants to move it, and you can increase the value of your own 2024 pick. That is the biggest reason there. On top of adding a, a young talent that you could then develop in your system and be under, keep in mind, rookie scale contracts are very favorable to teams. So you then also lower that burden of your tax bill right, of your, of your salary cap, which then allows you to go after and fill out your bench a little bit more than what the Bulls would be going right up against that, um, that luxury tax line that they would be under if they re-sign Kobe, re-sign um, uh, Vooch, and then you're basically... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way 
and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Operating with your mid-level exception. So there's a lot of reasons maybe why. I just don't necessarily see that aligning with what AK has said so far. Now, we can say... A lot of what AK said is not aligned with what we've seen on the court. So there's enough conversation there to think, but it's a unique situation that the Bulls will be in that they really probably won't be in again as far as having a team that is ready to move off a top three pick while you then are increasing your value in your subsequent pick by then maximizing your young player. So you really have to think about it. With everything that the Bulls are missing, leadership we're missing, right? And I know a lot of you guys, I'm there with you in the comments that are saying like, well, the Bulls really aren't that far off. Let's add a shooter. Let's add a point guard. But the fact of the matter is, is that's easy to say on paper. Well, add a shooter, add a point guard. You have to have players that are willing to come here, and then we still have to try to fit that underneath the luxury tax. And that's where you get into the minutia of it that it's not as clear and easy, clear cut as how we talk about it as fans of this team. So, I mean, it's, a, it's enough interesting pro, uh, aspects of it to watch out and monitor. Like I said before at the top, I don't necessarily expect that to happen, but hey, I'd much rather be surprised. But let me know, as we've kind of laid it all out here to a degree, could go a lot more in-depth and in detail, but let me know, what do you, what do you guys think? As, as we're starting to hear more and more rumblings, Casey Johnson saying it, Sam Smith even alluding to it in his last mailbag, we have Daniel Greenberg as well, kind of tweeting things about around that. What chances, what percentage chance do you give it that the Chicago Bulls trade into the top three of this draft? Let me know what you guys think on that one down below but all right let's go ahead and get into the mailbag for today we got an all text and comment version of the mailbag no voicemails today i had to give the people who actually send in texts and leave comments on the youtube uh page some shine today this first text this one's from jason and jason says this hey jason from jersey wanted to send a question to the mailbag since news that the bulls want to reshape around zach i've been wondering can zach turn into a clear number one option this season when i say number one option i mean on most teams in the NBA, he was looking very good since December of the season. I think if he can limit those turnovers and become a better IQ player, if he continues to play his game and grow. Here's the thing. Zach Levine as a number one option. You can make technically anybody your number one option. But it's how successful is that team going to be with that with Zach being a number one option, right? I think that Zach is a great offensive piece. Do not get me wrong. And, he's, and he grew some defensively last season as well. And I think that a team, even if you build it out with, with players that all complement Zach, let's say you put a lot, of, a lot of very solid defenders around him, a couple of players that can also fill it up and score, a solid bench, I still think that that team has a cap of maybe, maybe the second round. And that's stretching it just because we have not seen Zach have that level of success to where I can even gauge that really. Yes, look great on the back half of last season, of this season. Look great on the back half of this Look great at the start. Of last season, when we first brought in uh, uh, Zoe and, and DeMar. Looked great at the start of that season. Zach has an ability to be a 50-40-90 player, an elite, elite efficient offensive player. But the defense, the lack of leadership, those type of things are what would keep me from saying that Zach can be a number one on the team that goes on a deep playoff run. But in hearing that the Bulls are going to reshape around Zach, I've kind of already talked about what I think that means. I think that means reshaping around Zach's skill set. 
And because that then makes the team more modern, if you do eventually have to move on from Zach or you get a player better than Zach, you have now reshaped your roster in a way that just makes more sense in the modern-day NBA. But as far as how far we could go with Zach as a number one option, I don't see it being that much different than with DeMar as a number one option. You have a, a cap of maybe maybe the second round, and that is you, if you have a team that is constructed damn near perfectly in every other spot on that team. So that's kind of my thoughts on that one, Jason. Thank you for leaving uh, that text. We appreciate you. All right, this next one, this one is from Shaq. And I tell you what, if I find out Shaquille O'Neal is sending in text messages, we bought, like, listen, you can't tell me nothing, but no, I'm sure it's not that, Shaq. But Shaq says this, what up, Hayes? The recent noise around Jonathan Kamiga's future in Golden State has piqued my interest. A big athletic forward with a high defensive upside who's only 20, would be nice to see him next to Pat Williams in that 3-4 slot, could prove to be a defensive nightmare for opposing wings. If the Bulls could pull off moving Caruso for Kaminga and a draft pick, they should absolutely pull the trigger on that deal. I feel like that, that in addition to whatever they decide to add, playmaking and shooting this summer, could keep the team afloat while trying to simultaneously develop the young guys. I hope they decide to move DeMar in a situation that could bring a legit floor general and a couple of shooters. For example, DeMar to Memphis for Tyus Jones, Luke Kennard, and our Zahir Williams would be ideal. Starting five could potentially be Kobe, Tyus, Zach, Pat, Kaminga, Vooch. I think that starting five would be a solid, with a solid bench can surprise some people and hover around that five to eight range if health is on their side. Addition by subtraction is what he goes on to say. Here's what I'll say. That all sounds good. Um, But then again, do you trust Billy Donovan to develop that talent? That's really what it comes down to. And that, I guess, is what it also comes down to in the the top segment, right, in talking about the Bulls trading for a top three pick. You have to ask yourself, is Billy Donovan the team to develop that? Kuminga is a solid prospect. But I think that, A, Tyus Jones, they're not moving, especially with the pending um, suspension of John Morant. I just don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are moving Tyus, so that that deal isn't going to happen. Um... I, I, and you guys know, not to say that they can't or won't move DeMar DeRozan, but um, I think that we as fans of a team often think that we can get everything back that we want in a couple of moves, and it's not likely to happen, right? I know the Golden State Warriors are interested in Alice Caruso, Kaminga, and a first-round pick would be a solid get in that case, but I don't necessarily know. Yes, Kaminga has great defensive upside. He has tons of upside, but him and Patrick Williams both have tons of upside, and you then at that point, you're not going to hover, I don't think, around five or eight. That team's going to have to take time to get together. Again, not to say that you came up with a bad set of deals here. I just don't know if that's the roster shape that we're going to take. Um, I do think that a roster like that could be a fun roster to watch, and it'll be a tough matchup for a lot of teams. I just don't know how realistic that is. But, hey, you know, weirder things have happened. All right, let's get into this next one. This one is actually a comment from the YouTube side from Tim Brazil. He says this, thoughts on Yuta as a free agent. Uh, I ask because I really feel that Kobe will be resigned and get the starting point guard assignment. Yuta may be uh, obtainable on a short-term deal, depending on how uh, Brooklyn restructures. Honestly, haven't watched him much, and he would bring some size, shooting, and energy. Not sure how effective he is defensively, though. I do not see Yuta Watanabe as a target for the Chicago Bulls. He's he's cool, right? He's solid. I'm not going to say he's terrible. It's nothing like that. But you're looking at a player that has career averages of 4.3 points per game, uh, less than an assist per game, less than a steal per game, Less uh, 43% shooting from the field, 39% shooting from three-point range. He's played 179 games, so there's at least some something there. But I think that if the Bulls are going to aim for a point guard, they're going to go higher than a 28-year-old who hasn't proved very much. And I think that's what may limit it. Not, not, and that's not to say, you know, Watsonabe is a bad player. He's not. But 
I just I don't know if that's the thing that gives the Bulls the necessary ump that they need at that point guard position. At that point, I think you almost just rather keep Io DeSumo personally. But hey, that's that's my thought. I know Io had a down season, and a lot of Bulls fans aren't going to like hearing me say that. But hey, that's kind of my thought on that one. But not a bad not a bad idea there at all, Tim. All right, let's get into this last one. This one's from David Riviera, and he says this. Do you think the Bulls could pull off a sign-in trade with the Nets involving DeMar and Cam Johnson? You guys love trading DeMar. I do, too, so it is what it is. Muhammad's going to be very triggered by that, but I don't give a fuck. Oh, uh, but here's what I'll say. Um, I don't know what, what, what the hell the Nets are trying to do. If I had a pulse on what their goals were this offseason, I could better answer this question, but really, I could see the Nets trying to run it back. I could see the Nets trying to retain him. Um, and, and build him as part of the young core that's probably not going to win a lot of games. Um, but, you know, considering that they got a, a lot of first-round picks that aren't their own first-round picks, they could be motivated to keep that team together as long as possible and just and just live off the draft picks they got in trading Kyrie and KD. So I absolutely could see that happening. Um, and I don't know if DeMar is going to fit what they're trying to do there, right? If they're trying to make a move in winning, if they want a veteran piece, to, to add something to the young players that are trying to learn how to win, maybe you could talk yourself into that. But Cam Johnson has a lot of upside, and I don't see them giving that away for a one-year rental of DeMar DeRozan necessarily unless they are uh, their long-term goals. They know that he doesn't fit into it, and they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay Cam. So that's the only way that I can see that happening. Again, but I have no no finger of the pulse of what the Brooklyn Nets are trying to obtain, trying to do this offseason. I have no idea what the hell their goals are this offseason. But that's my thought on it. You guys can let me know what you guys think on anything and all these topics down below. Make sure you follow the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. Like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break Media.